This is the Fabringen with Rabbi Levi Afton on 101.9 High FM. Hello, this is Rabbi Levi, 101.9 High FM, and I am here with you just a few minutes before Pesach to share some thoughts. Yesterday, uh, it was two days ago when Kathy Kaler, the CEO of High FM, reached out to me and asked me to please come share a few words and to be able to give final inspiration before Pesach actually comes in. I believe it's the last hour of the Chai FM show. And yesterday on the, my regular show, the Fabringen, from 1 to 2 in the afternoon, I spoke about or I started speaking about six skills that I hope can get each and every one of us through this Pesach. There's no question that in two and a half hours, three and a half hours, the earliest we could start a Seder here in Johannesburg is 6.30 p.m. That's relatively early. So in three and a half hours, many of us will be sitting down to our Seder and a Seder unlike any other. And I'm sure and I know that you've thought about this for endless hours and you've challenged yourself and you've questioned it. And we hoped against hope that things would be different. And please, God, miracles could still happen. But as for all intents and purposes, in three and a half hours, we'll be sitting down for a Seder unlike anything else that we ever had. And at this stage, I believe that we are doing our best to make peace with it. But before I go and sit there giving deep inspiration, I want to acknowledge the pain. And acknowledging the pain, I will do by offering a beautiful song. I want you to listen to it. It's in English. It's a song called Teardrop about a lonely or a, a Jewish woman who lives alone and the power of her prayer. This is 101.9 Chai FM. This song, Teardrop by A.B. Rottenberg, is for all of us just before Pesach 2020. This is the Fabringen with Rabbi Levi Afton on 101.9 Chai FM. 101.9 Chai FM, Rabbi Levi Afton, here we are. I hope you had the opportunity to listen to the song we just played, a beautiful song acknowledging, on the one hand, the depth of emotion of being alone at the same time, the power of miracles and the power of connection in these times. As I started the show a few minutes ago, we're going to sit down for the Seder three hours from now. And hopefully you still have a printer at home. You could print out some interesting messages to read out at your Seder. You can still send over something to be read out at your children's Seder, at your cousin's Seder. You can still find magic in this time. But more importantly, and that's really what the the show is really about today, is about embracing the reality that is. See, many many of us are trying to create a substitute for the regular reality. So whether it is you hear people putting out pictures of their grandchildren on the chairs of the uh, Seder table, or you hear about... Um, actually people setting up full placemats for the people as if they were there. Many people are trying to recreate normal in this time. But the truth is that trying to recreate normal in this time is actually a wasted opportunity. This opportunity that we have this year, it's not something we asked for, it's not something we looked forward to, but it's it's happening. It's about embracing something new. It's about doing things different. We're all creatures of habit. That's the way we are. We love the habitual. We love doing sameness. But one of the skills that we spoke about, that we referenced yesterday, and I want to go into today more, is the skill of flexibility. 
And we're all flexible, let's be honest. Whether it is growing older in age and each age with its challenges, raising children, um, new jobs, we've all been forced to be flexible. And flexible is a fundamental idea of the Jewish experience as well. When at the same time they're slaves and they're preparing for freedom in Egypt and then they get released and they go out and then things are changing and at a very quick pace as you can read in the Torah and the book of Exodus, it's a dynamic story. And one of the struggles the Jewish people did have at that time, and that was very much a slave mentality and was actually according to the commentaries one of the reason one of the reasons that the generation of the exodus was not the generation who made it into Israel 40 years later is because they couldn't embrace the new life of unpredictability and flexibility although they grew up in slavery which is a miserable life there was something predictable about it and we all get used to predictable and we all get used to as we, as you see even now in our lives we've gotten used to this new reality many of us very quickly so this idea of flexibility is a fundamental part of what it means to be alive and, and what Pesach's all about tonight we go back and forth across all emotions we eat salt water to remember the pain. We eat maror to remember the pain. At the same time, we're eating matzah to remember the pain and the, 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 the food of, of Egypt that we ate while we were slaves and the food of freedom. And we sit and do a reclining to remember freedom. And then we drink wine to remember freedom, reclining on our left. And then we say certain prayers and certain things in the Haggadah which are full of devastation. Then we say other things which are full of praise. Tonight is a full-on experience of various emotions that the rabbis inculcated into the Pesach Seder. And so many of the ancient customs that we know, whether it's people taking the afikomen, hiding the afikomen, and then kids having to look for it, so many of the four questions, etc., are all there to stimulate interest for children, but also for us. So till now, maybe each year as you sat down to the Pesach Seder, you came with the attitude that you're going to intrigue the youngsters, that you're going to intrigue the five-year-old. But we're all youngsters, we're all children. We're all intrigued. We all have questions. At some stage, we just stop asking them, but we all have questions. I've shared a few weeks ago how I had the privilege to go to a bunch of grade twos and threes a few weeks back, and we had a Stump the Rabbi session where each of these kids were just asking me question after question after question. At some stage, we just ran out of time, and we committed to do it next time, please God, when the school opens up again. And yet I, that Shabbos, I turned to the adults in my community and I asked them, I said, why are adults asking much less questions than kids? It's not because as adults we have all the answers. Most of the questions the kids ask, the adults don't have the answers to. So what's the difference? Is it because we, we don't care anymore? No. Is it because we think there's no answer? Is it because it's childish? It's embarrassing to ask? Ethics of our fathers tells us somebody who's embarrassed does not ask. Tonight is a night not only for children. Yes, each year we focus on our children, but ultimately it's not about the children. What is it about? It's about each and every one of us piquing our own curiosity, sitting around the table, even if it's just you or just you and your spouse or just three of you. The average Seder, if, I would, if you would ask me, the average Seder in Johannesburg and around the world would be two, three people. Small, small storm, if not even lower than that. For the first time in thousands of years, 
the majority of the Jewish people will have very, very, very small sedarim. And yes, it's not what we asked for. And yes, there are beautiful signs in it and there have been beautiful messages going around seeing correlations between the exodus of Egypt 3,000 years ago and, and what we're going through now. But at the same time, regardless of your approach, if you see this as something heralding the coming of Mashiach or you just see this as an interruption, what I encourage you to do in these final few hours is to help yourself get into a headspace of curiosity. Sit down by the Seder and don't just mourn what there isn't. You've done that for weeks already. Embrace what there is. What is there now? What are you going to find in these final few moments before Pesach? The ability to be curious. The ability to ask. The question. To have a conversation with God. You know the famous expression they say, if you talk to God, you're a believer. If God talks back to you, you're a nutcase. Well, God does talk back to us, just not necessarily in the way we talk to him. Tonight, if you're at the Seder alone, you're not. You're at God's table. We're all at Hashem's table. Hashem's the one who took us out of Egypt, and Hashem's the one who takes us out of and helps us get out of our own personal Egypts. He's the one who runs the world, and ultimately, he's the one that set up this whole ridiculous situation we find ourselves in. And when you're at the Seder, that's why you could even ask the four questions if there's no one else there. There's a famous, uh, you know, we most of us sing the Manishtana not just in Hebrew. But your your grandparents in the shtetl, they used to say it in Yiddish and Hebrew. And the, the words in Yiddish, there was an introduction. Before you start singing, Manishtana Halayla Hazeh, before that there's words in Yiddish that goes like this. Tate, ich will bei dir fragen, fear cautious. Dad, father, papa, I'm gonna ask you four questions. And the custom was that you say that introduction even if there is no one else to ask the questions from. In other words, even if you don't have a father at the table, as many of us will not be sitting with our parents at the Seder or parents are deceased, you still ask it because ultimately, who's the tata, who's the father? You're not only asking it to your physical father, but more importantly, you're asking it to God. And you're turning to God. In other words, Hashem's at your Seder and you're saying the words, Tata, my dear father, ich will bei der Frege, and I'm going to ask you fear, kashas, four questions. What is different this night? of Pesach from all the nights of all the year. In other words, you're literally having a conversation with your Father in Heaven and asking Him questions. And Hashem answers us in each one in our own unique way, but ultimately fundamental to our faith is that God listens. So tonight, when you're having your Seder, talk to Hashem. Talk from a place of genuine connection. Talk from a place that you feel that you're embracing the reality you're in. This is, again, this is not the reality we asked for, but it's the reality we're in. And we can embrace it and have such a meaningful, beautiful Seder. For many of us as Jews, South African Jews especially, we we love traditions and we love customs. And so many of the traditions that we have for Pesach are family-based. But ultimately, the Pesach Seder at itself, before traditions, is fundamentally a event of piquing your you. Your curiosity. It's about getting you to question things about Judaism, to ask yourself, what is freedom? To ask yourself, how can I be free?
you and I know that you've been through so much in your life. You've been through so many challenges. And yet here you are. You're here on this era of Pesach 2020. Why? Because you made right choices in your life many times. If you only made wrong choices, you wouldn't be here. You made right choices many times. And the right choices often were to choose to remain free, even though circumstances are beyond your control. To choose to remain positive, to choose to remain alive, to choose to remain focused despite these circumstances. My friends, as we get into this Pesach Seder, it's so important that we walk in with a headspace of love, that we walk in with a headspace of generosity to ourselves, to all the, all our fellow Jews. And if, if I had any power, and all I have, the only power I have currently is up here on the radio talking to you, I would encourage us all at one moment during the Seder to sit and pause and have actually a moment of silence around the table, whether it's just the two of you, just yourself, and just think about all those all over the world who are going through a similar experience, all of us who are yearning for a better world, I would encourage you to embrace the fact of this challenge at the same time praying for it to end. In other words, sit down with the Seder and come with a curious mind at the same time while giving yourself a moment to think about all those out there. We're going into a 72-hour Chag. And a 72-hour Yom Tif where there's not going to be radio, all rabbis and many of us are going to be off our phones, all those at Shomer Shabbos are going to stay off their phones for 72 hours. And many people are going to have moments of deep loneliness during these 72 hours being locked up alone without even being able to connect. My friends, regardless if anyone is, if you're off your phone and the TV is off and you're the only one in the house and no one's reached out to you, you're not alone. First and foremost, Hashem is with you. And second, and as important as all of us are with you, whether we know your name or not, we are all connected and we're sitting at the Seder. We're all one. I want to play a song now. It's called The Power of a Nigan, The Power of a Song. The reason I want to play it is because ultimately this song is about how songs can sometimes give us joy and sometimes give us comfort, sometimes lift us up and sometimes just calm us down. But ultimately, song, which is what we're going to sing tonight, the Manishtana, Vihishamda, and all the songs that we're going to sing to ourselves or with those around the table, are there to offer us comfort. So this song, The Power of a Nigan, Touched by a Nigan, by Baruch Levine, is especially for you at this moment, 3.30 in the afternoon on Erev Pesach. This is 101.9 Chai FM. This is the Fabringen with Rabbi Levi Afton on 101.9 Chai FM. 101.9 Chai FM, Rabbi Levi Afton, three hours before you start your Pesach Seder. This is 3.35 p.m. here in Johannesburg. Each year, you sit around the Seder table and you talk about the four sons, those four characters. And usually you might have more than four people around the table and quite often somebody will volunteer to say, I'm the wise one. And there's always the guy that's very proud to say, I'm the wicked one. I'm the simple son. And then the guy who can't talk, so obviously he's the one or she's the one who doesn't know how to ask a question. Tonight, when you're sitting around the table pretty much alone, I challenge you to actually find those four characters within yourself. What do I mean? We're complicated human beings. We are. Each and every one of us loves putting people in boxes. 
we analyze characters, we analyze our children, we analyze our siblings, we analyze our relatives, we analyze politicians. We put people into square boxes. One of the things that we obviously realize during this crisis, and truth is we should always know, is how complex the world is and how complex humanity is. The human being can be at one moment the most gracious, beautiful, kind, generous, forgiving individual, and another moment they could be selfish and and rebellious. At other times they could just be simple and naive. Some of the wisest people are just so naive when it comes to certain areas of the life. So as you sit at the Seder table tonight, acknowledge there's a deep part of you of wisdom. The Chacham, the wise child, is you. You have so much wisdom, whether it is the traditions that you bring from your family, the shtetl you originally come from, the road that you took towards faith. Whatever your unique journey to the Pesach Seder is, it has given you, as you sit here tonight, incredible knowledge and wisdom. Knowledge is information about who we are and why we are. And wisdom, your life experiences, your unique worldview. As you sit down tonight, embrace the chacham, embrace the wisdom within you. Oh, I don't know how to run a seder. You're just fine. And let me just remind you the famous point, and that is Hashem doesn't ask us for perfection. He asks for our heart. Rahman ali baboi. The creator only wants heart. Instead of spending tonight being pedantic about how right you're doing it, spend your heart to do it with emotion, to do it with connection, to appreciate you're not so stupid, sorry for the word, as maybe you often tell yourself, you as in me. Sometimes we just, we're heavy on ourselves, we berate ourselves. I've never done this before, I can't do this. It's beyond my scope, it's beyond my comfort zone. You can do it. There's incredible wisdom that you're a chacham. There's incredible wisdom within you. At the same time, there's a second child, and that is the Russia. And Russia is not a bad child. It's just a child that's rebelling. There's a part of you that's obviously, understandably, upset about the circumstances and upset about Hashem, why, why am I sitting alone tonight? Hashem, why is this happening? Why am I going through this? Why is the world in such a strange place? One thing people often forget when they talk about the second son, the Russia, is that he's still at the table. In other words, he's this rebellious child who's still showing up. And that's a compliment to him or her because they're showing up. Give yourself credit as you sit around the Seder table tonight, you're showing up. You're here. You made it happen. And despite your maybe hurt, anger, frustration, wishes for something else, you did it. And as Jews, forgive me for saying this, we're quite comfortable with sometimes questioning God and even being hurt and angry at his decisions. Being a person of faith does not mean 
in the Jewish world view to just turn the other cheek, but rather as Moshe Rabbeinu screams out to God, and as we see the patriarchs and matriarchs and throughout our Jewish history, the great prophets turning to God and saying, Ad matai till when? So don't see the rebellious child as a negative thing. It's just the child who's coming and actually saying, it's, it's not okay. Hashem, yes, I have such wisdom, and yes, I'm going to make a beautiful Seder for myself. But at the same time, there's a part of me that wants to rebel and wants to say, Hashem, this is not okay. What, why are we where we are? This is not what we had in mind. This is not the world you promised us. And then there's the third child, the simple son. What's the simple son? Naive. A bit clueless. Sitting over there. Doesn't, doesn't exactly get what's going on, obviously also at the table, asking very simple questions. Ma, what's going on over here? Embrace the simplicity within you. The word tam, simplicity, is actually a beautiful word in Torah. Even the Torah tells us, tamim you should be sincere and simple and straightforward and uncomplex with God. In other words, no matter how wise we are, no matter how rebellious we might feel at times, no matter how complicated, there's a part of you of pure innocence, a part of you that's pure, that's so sincere. Each and every one of us has a piece of godliness within us. That piece of godliness never gets contaminated. That piece of godliness never darkens. That piece of godliness is Pure as day. Pure and holy. Dig deep, not even that deep. And you'll find within yourself a reservoir of simplicity and beauty beyond the cynicism. Yes, as we get older, we get cynical about life. Things that maybe when we were five seemed so obvious, the idea of a God, the idea of miracles. At some stage, we become cynical. We become cynical of religion. We become cynical of religious people. We become cynical of ideas. Yeah, I've heard it before. I've sat at 55 seders. I've heard the same thing. Blah, 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 blah. Become cynical. And even if you are cynical, which many of us are, there's a part of you deeper than the cynicism. And tonight that part can show up at the Seder table. And that innocent, beautiful child is there. And one thing we all know, whether we're 30 or 50 or 60 or 90, there is beauty in each and every one of us and we're still a child. No matter how old you get, you never ever Stop being a child. The child within you is magnificent. The child within you is beyond perfect. It's that innocence of five-year-olds. And one thing as a rabbi you get to see so often is the innocence that people have. You'll sit across a person, whether they're very successful in life in certain areas or not, and after five minutes or ten minutes when, you know, when the show is over and we're stopping to, and we're not trying to impress each other anymore and the, the, 
the game is over and the person allows themselves to become vulnerable, you suddenly see the perfection in that person. You see that child. You see that innocence. You are beautiful inside. And that child, the tam, the tamim, the sincere one, is in you. It's there. It, you could touch it. And tonight you will touch it. You'll find it within yourself. And finally, the fourth child, the she'enu yodei elisho. We referred to it earlier in the show. The one who stops asking questions. The one who knows everything or is just too cynical to ask or is too afraid of the answer. Apsachlo, go open your mouth. What the, go open that person's mouth. Go open the child who cannot open their own mouth. Help them. Each and every one of us, allow yourself to question, allow yourself to dig deeper in the, into the Haggadah, dig deeper into the story, dig deeper into your Judaism, dig deeper into yourself. In other words, in six, seven hours from now, when you're finished your Seder, you, sh- you could have gone on a journey, and hopefully not only could, but will. You could have gone on a journey that will uncover within you such depth. You are so much wiser. There are so many questions within you and there are so many answers within you. Often people will reach out to me as a rabbi and they'll ask me a question. Now, if it's a halacha question, obviously the right thing is to you reach out to somebody um, who could give you the halacha, the, the law. But very often it's a question of perspective. And the first question I refer to them back is, what do you think? No, no, rabbi, no, no, I didn't go to yeshiva. No, I didn't. No. Ask the question and then try to answer it. Look at the story of the Pesach, look around what's all the traditions and all the mitzvahs on your table and question and feel and connect and engage and celebrate and recline and get into it. You know, one of the things that always fascinates me, I was listening to an event planner a while ago giving a speech and something that deeply resonated. Very often we spend so much time planning the physicals of the event, what color tablecloth it's going to be on, what, where are we going to put the matzahs and which um, napkin serviettes are we going to put down and what wine are we going to drink and what are we going to eat for the first course and what we're going to eat for the second course and what's going to be for dessert and what's going to be for this and what's going to be for that. But the neshama of the event, the, the, the vibe of the event, no, no, that will happen itself. No, it doesn't happen itself. You could create it. Even if you have all the things to the Seder on your table tonight, it's up to you to turn this event into something meaningful, to come in and say, you know what, I'm not just coming here to do the thing because that's what Jews do. We sit around on the first and second night of Passover and we do a Seder and that's just what we do. No, that's not just what we do. There's so much more to that than just what we do. Show up with all the four children within you, the wise one, the rebellious one, the simple one, the one that does not ask questions, and engage. Show up with all your personalities, with your whole character, with your whole self, and sh- and have a meaningful time with yourself. I often think to myself, you know, some people have gripes. They don't have a lot of friends, so they're, they're not popular, and they're like, why does nobody like me? And you often hear from teenagers or from certain people that maybe are a bit offbeat or misfits in society. And 
my usual response, it's a bit of a cynical response, but I think it's appropriate over here is, tell me, do you enjoy your own company? If you sit for yourself three hours at a Seder, will you get bored? Well, if you get your, if you're bored of yourself, then why are you surprised other people are bored of you? In other words, if you don't find yourself interesting, then how do you expect anyone else to find you interesting? I think you're interesting. Without knowing anything about you, I can say with absolute conviction that you're interesting. You have a unique life story. You have a unique perspective. You have a unique, you're a unique individual. So don't sit there saying that I'm going to be alone and I'm going to be bored. Why? Why is lone, being alone boredom? What's the connection? Alone with your thoughts. Alone with your story. Alone with your memories. Alone with God. Alone with tradition. Alone with the Pesach Seder. You're not alone in the most boring negative sense. You're alone in the beautiful sense. So this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to wrap up my show right now. Here it is at 10 to 4. Pesach candle lighting is what? In less than two hours. I want to wish each and every one of us that we come into this Pesach Seder with the attitude of, I'm embracing this. I am not bored. I am not sad. I am with myself and with my creator. And that is more than enough. I want to wish you Chak Sameach. The next 72 hours can be long, but they can also be full of reflection, full of reading, full of meditation, full of quietness, full of serenity, full of gratitude for our health. And I pray for each and every one of us. Benisa Nigalu. We were redeemed in the month of Nisan. Benisan Asidin Ligal. And we will be redeemed in the month of Nisan. May that happen in our time. And may we together merit the coming of the righteous Redeemer Mashiach and the final redemption in our time today, tonight. Wishing you Chag Sameach and only blessings. We're going to finish off with a song. It's called Change the World. And that's really what the final message I want to leave you with. There's so much you can do to change your own world. Let's do it now. Chak Sameach.